Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. I feel it was just a day or two ago. I saw you, Stephen. It Hello. Was, it was actually a day or two ago. Lovely to be you with you. How many people come back at me with a really handy device? You know how yeah. many times yeah. I get that? We really need to update it. I think we do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are doing a special edition of Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Electric Cars. Thanks to BMW Australia, and we'll be joined shortly by Nick Raman from the BMW Group Australia. Because, Stephen, I think the, the fun thing about this conversation is we are two of the most passionate advocates for electric cars in Australia. Absolutely. But we come at it from different angles. And yep. I think uh, our, our regular audience know that. I think for anyone new joining us, it, it's a very clear delineation. Stephen has been an electric car owner for about four years uh, I have probably driven, and I say this quite egotistically, I've probably driven more <laughs> electric cars than anyone else in Australia, Righto. but I still haven't made the plunge. Um, okay. And maybe that'll, that'll become um, fruitful during this conversation. Okay. I'll, I'll explain why. Yeah, but Open offers. But that's the, that's the, I think they're, yeah. they're interesting um, positions to be in because you come at it as someone who yeah. lives and breathes the electric world. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think, it, and look, let's face it, it, it's the direction that we're all, we're all going in, sort of slow, yep. some slower than others. But I, I think that uh, in the current trend of the you know, rising cost of living and you know, environmental issues and rising price of fuel, a lot of people are seriously taking it on. And I, yeah. I, I love it when people um, contact me and say, oh, I bought uh, bought an EV. And I said, that's great. I bought mine four years ago. Like, <laughs> like, these are, like they're breaking news to me yeah. that they're sort of the, on the cutting edge there. I'm worried um, about what you do the day <laughs> I buy one. You'll be like, yeah, thanks, Scoop. You won't, you won't even like the post I'm tipping. No, I will like it. Of course, I always like your post, mate. But, but we, yeah. we, we, we're doing this so that we can have a conversation about electric cars in total. So rather than just spending, you know, uh, a third, quite topical, a, a, a third right of our now. regular show, yes. we, wanted, we wanted to do this to have the, a, a more fruitful, bigger conversation about it. And for that, we're joined by Nick Raman from the BMW Group Australia. Nick, great to be with you, mate. Great to be in the BMW uh, lovely boardroom here in Sydney. Very nice. Um, mate, welcome. Um, Thank you. You know, sustainability, electric cars, the climate. There's so many factors. I think Stephen's right. There's so many things that combine to make this a really critical time for, for car companies, isn't it? It is. It's, um, I think probably since the creation of the car, it's probably the most exciting, one of the most exciting times we've seen. Mm. Um, and um, the way that things are moving forward with model portfolios, they're expanding, all the other different manufacturers uh, are getting into it and consumers are, are getting increasingly a much broader choice, um, not only from the way that cars are styled, but their capability, what they can do. And um, I think the way forward is uh, it's pretty amazing. It's a yeah. good time to be in the industry. Because for BMW, there's a there's a bigger thing at play here. It's not just about electric cars. There's a there's a sustainability play. There's yeah. a um, there's a there's a thing that you have as a responsibility as a business that's putting cars on the road, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. Well, sustainability is at the core of the business and it has been since the 70s, actually. So there's a, a greater goal to become carbon neutral by 2050. Uh, and in everything that the company does, um, not only is it about producing a electric car that has zero emissions, or that's one of the aims, it's, mm. it's also about doing everything in the value chain as well. So it's manufacturing, it's working with external suppliers to ensure all those goals are met. So it's a holistic plan and it goes throughout the entire company. So let's talk EVs. What are BMW customers saying, um, you know, when they walk into a dealer? What are, what are they saying about EVs? Is, is, the, is the vibe in the, in the dealership the same as it is in mainstream or is it a bit inflated out in the, in the, in the world of, of conversation about EVs? No, I think it's a good point, Trevor. It's, there is that. I think that pervades the experience when people walk into a BMW or mini dealer. They are... 
they're bringing that excitement and enthusiasm that's in the in the industry overall and what we hear in media. Uh, and I think the the good thing for the brands uh, under BMW Group under the BMW Group banner is that they've got choice now. Like we've got all these new models, and we, we we've been in this space for quite some time. So for well more than a decade. Um, or nearly a decade, we've had the the i three. So that was the first. Um, that was the city car. That was quite great. That was a long time ago, wasn't yeah. it? I, I mean, I can remember going down to Melbourne to see that, and it mm. was this radical different car. I mean, it's tiny yeah. uh, it compared almost, yeah, to. Well, t- was that almost ten years ago? Ten years. That's ago, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nearly. I mean, it's basically a decade since yeah. that made its debut, uh, and that that created some serious waves when that was introduced. And then we had the i eight, which is was a. A plug-in hybrid, but that was a supercar. Like a supercar, yes. Yeah, yeah, but like cutting edge styling, technology. So my point is that BMW Group's been in that space for some time, but now consumers have more choice because we've got all these new models. We've we've got the iX3, yeah. the i4, the iX. Um, we'll have two more models within 12 months that have just been announced. So the, the, the range is expanding and... The good thing is we've got so much interest and, and there's a lot of orders in the bank. So mm. yeah, we're, Just we're on delighted. that, you, you're talking about how you've been in the game for a while, but yep. BMW doesn't actually, haven't actually set a formal date to be form, fully no. electric, have they? So is it important to BMW that, that, that customers, that you have, that give the customers that choice of still offering the car they want to drive? It is, Stephen. I think the, the reason is because uh, as much as uh, infrastructure around charging uh, and the environment is improving, we still want to ensure that in years to come that our, our customers have a choice. Mm. And so we're, we're preparing for that um, whilst also having the development of new models coming. So we're, we've got really highly efficient powertrains in other models, so not necessarily fully yep. electric, but we've got plug-in hybrid, we've got highly efficient turbo engines around other models. So we're doing it thoughtfully and carefully into the future so it's not just a giant leap into the unknown. Yeah. We're doing it progressively and, and, Be- and Because carefully. it's fa- fascinating when you think about other... There's companies that have targets to just say, we're getting rid of petrol engines. Mm. Yeah. Um, but actually what's missed in that is that huge efficiency leap that's occurred in a, in a petrol car. And as we call, call a combustion engine car, it feels like it's a dirty word these days. But actually, it's a lot cleaner today than it was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Exactly right. So fuel consumption and emissions... Output has changed significantly with the advent of more efficient powertrains. If we talk about turbo powertrains, they've come mm. on so much. And so we'll continue to see that in, in the years to come alongside what's happening in the full electric space. Yep. So is it safe to say then, after all that, that you're letting the customers decide rather than you dictating when the transition's going to be? Is that fair? We are, Stephen. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a fair point. So uh, what we're doing is, is working on the next generation of models. We will ensure that we have that full lineup of electric. I mean, by the end of next year, um, we'll have 25 electrified models and, and half of those will be electric. But alongside that, we'll have the, we're continuing to develop all these other models because in years to come, we want to ensure that we look after our entire customer set and that's, that's varied and diverse. Yeah, because I think that's the thing about when you say we've got you know, a couple of models in market now, and a couple of models, it's still the electrification, uh, and you, you talked about it there, the people, I think, lose track of the fact that a car can be electrified, and maybe you could explain what you mean by that, mm. um, but not be a full EV. And that's actually an aggressive part of the portfolio that, that helps sustainability, um, helps the environment, gives people that um, lower um, ongoing costs through through the running costs. So mm. there's huge benefits to electrification outside of EVs. Yeah, exactly. And, and that point, electrified, I guess it is 
it's it's a broad statement, but it does mean that you've got fully electric, but then you've got plug-in hybrid, mm. which, as you said, you've got the benefit of uh, electric motor. You've got a battery, but then you've got the backup of an engine if ever you need it. So if you get stuck or you need to rely on some extra range that comes naturally from a combustion engine, yeah. then you've got both. But you're also reducing emissions and your fuel consumption is exceptionally low on a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. So it leads back to the choice then, doesn't it? Like you mentioned, it does. The, the, the PHEV, great option for people who are over and above electric. So the range of choices is still there. Exactly. Yeah, And we've introduced new plug-in hybrid models. I mean, we've, the X3 is now a plug-in hybrid right. as well. So... And that's a that's a really big segment. I mean, in, not only for us, but in the industry overall, is that medium sized SUV. Um, so the X3 is now uh, fully electric via the iX3, but then it's plug in hybrid. You can also get it in conventional powertrains yeah, as well. Yeah. So that's uh, back to your point, Stephen, yeah. about choice. Choice, yeah. because because you go on. What, what's what's the like? Are you you talking to customers more than we do, of course. Like mm. they're your customers. What's the feel with the customers? Are they are they open to the change, or are they? Set is your customer base kind of set in what they in their ways a little bit? Are they what? What's the feel? It's a mix, Stephen. But there's a lot of excitement around what's to come, and I, I guess by the the nature of having great choice, but also these next generation cars coming through, it's 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 inspiring them and giving them you know something really to be interested in in the future. And and when they get behind the wheel of these of these new electric or plug in hybrids, they're really seeing the benefit. Whether it's just a an urban commute or getting on the freeway. There's all sorts of advantages of these new generation powertrains. It still is, though, isn't it, when people first get behind the wheel of one? There is that, um, you know, you still there get the thing the when people get in your car that, yeah. you know, they, they get the buzz of the, the sound being different, the yeah. acceleration being different. There's a different feel to these cars. And I think that's, it's probably never been more exciting to be on the showroom floor of a car dealer because you can actually say to someone, let's go for a drive, legitimately <laughs> knowing that they're going to get a different experience to what they might have had for the last five or ten years in owning a car. Exactly. It's exciting. It is. Yeah, I mean, that the burst of acceleration you get from the line, you, you both know about it. Mm. It's genuinely yeah. pushing you back into your seat. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the great thing is it doesn't have to be the, the, you know, the, the crazy boost of acceleration. It can just be just standard electrification of a yeah. car creates a different form of acceleration off the line. And I think the 10-minute the road test that used to exist, you know, where you drive, a, drive around, you know. I, I remember, and I think I've told you this story, I remember very clearly buying a BMW in the year 2000. I know, I know the date because times. I know the date because the GST was coming in. Anyway, <laughs> I had my mum with me in Perth and, and oh, we went on a test drive. Did of, she have to of sign a, the form? <laughs> yeah, she's guaranteed. No. Um, uh, she was just visiting, mate. I was, oh, you know, okay, lived on right. the other side of the country. All right. Um, the most <laughs> isolated capital in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Driving up to a roundabout and the, and the and the salesman in the car looked at me and he said, drive through it like you want to. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, go through the roundabout like you want to. Oh. And I just did. I went through it you know, without, okay. re- without really slowing down because that was the thing. Was this? I'd never experienced the sheer driving pleasure, as you called it. You know, the, <laughs> the, way, a, well, the oh. way a BMW really just, just feels, right? And I think that that's exciting about coming into a car dealer today and going, What's new and what can I sample? Get on the road and you drive a, a plug-in hybrid, you drive an electric and you, the, the choice thing we keep coming back to is phenomenal uh, when you look at the entire model range. And exactly. that's, that's a selling point for cars today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And, and we need to, I guess in a day or in these days when everyone has so much choice, they're flooded with information, they get yeah. so many options thrown at them via all these different platforms, then... You know, you, we want to be in a position where we've got that broad spread of 
models to showcase. We've got that wide portfolio that people can sample. Yeah. Um, but the the, the ability um, to go on that road test, like you said just before, I mean, doing the urban loop in an electric car with the regen braking, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a totally different concept. Yeah, of, it's a different uh, way to drive in many is. ways too. Yeah. What what are some of the common myths though related to EVs? You, you I'm, I'm sure you must hear from customers. There there are some fears and myths and. What are the what are the most common ones out there in the marketplace? I think one that uh, probably everyone's familiar with, and you would be too, Stephen, is just about range. Yeah, uh, and first thinking, question I get asked about always, how yeah. far can I'll the bet car you go? Do. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is that uh, we on our on our flagship model, the iX uh, on the on the X Drive fifty, that can do six hundred and twenty kilometers. Yeah, and what the, the point that we make is that. 620 kilometres of range, I mean, that's substantial in, in, in even yeah. in a petrol... That's six hours vehicle. of driving. Yeah, if you're worried right. about stopping, that's six hours of driving. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, if and you're, you're not going to drive 600 kilometres in a day, are you? Like every well, without day, stopping. Every day, though, you're not going to do that either. Yeah. And if you're driving around the city, then you're, you're using regen to return power to the battery. Yeah. yeah. So I think the point that we want to get across is that electric cars aren't limited... Uh, by range and increasingly so, like they're getting a lot better in that regard. Yep. So, as battery capability improves, that will become less of an issue. Yep. Um, we think charging infrastructure is another uh, point that we we get asked. I'm sure you guys do yes. as well. Yep. That's improving all the time. Um, we're seeing companies get involved in that space. Governments are getting more involved in backing it and supporting it. Yeah. Speed of charge too. Is That's that right. something you guys are, are yes, active we do. in, like getting we that do. faster charge? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's still, there's still, it's still a myth though. It's still a misnomer that the charging network should impact your ownership of a car. When in reality, um, I can own a, a, a BMW i4 and never, ever, ever in the life of the ownership of that car visit a charging station because mm. I just charge it at home. I talked to an owner. There was a guy in my office complex who who owns an electric car, and I. I pulled up. I don't really talk to people, as you know, Stephen. So I, it was quite <laughs> remarkable that I even went down the window and spoke to him. Wow. But but he um he he I was in a car. He was a he 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 was interested in. So we, yep. we chatted, and I said, mate, just say so you know I've got a charger on the front of the unit if you ever want to use it. He goes, no, no, never. I've never been anywhere but home. I just charge oh, it at okay, home. Yeah. And well, that, that's it, the most popular place to charge uh, if is at home in your driveway. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are unaware. What's what's the average people. Uh, we drive about 30, 30, 32 to kilometres a day. 32 to 40 so kilometres a day, hard, isn't it? Not hard to put that back on the battery once you plug it in again. Yeah. So I think, yeah, exactly. a lot, a lot, I think once you once people understand the whole process, because it is a shift, once people understand that process, I think they're a bit more comfortable of just even entertaining the thought of an EV. Definitely. Well, I wanted to, you've talked about a, the models, you've talked about cars coming. Let's talk about, we've got the chance to drive two cars from uh, your fleet, and we appreciate that. It was a, it was a fun week with, in my book. Um, the, the two cars are the i4 and the iX. Now, mm. let's talk about the i4 first because to me, as a, a purist and as a lover of the design of the BMW and everything, this just felt like any other BMW, uh, looked like any other BMW. Um, like Apart from the fact that it was quiet when I drove it and had that instant torque and all those things, it struck me as the kind of perfect transition for a BMW owner. Is that the whole point of that car? I think it is. The It, it retains the signature driving pleasure. We've talked about that before. Mm. But the, the levels of refinement, the styling, a lot of those familiar traits that we've become accustomed to or BMW fans have, but without the emissions. Yeah. So it was for, from a it's, a... it's a grand coupe, the i4, which basically means it's a coupe with four doors, the frameless, yep. frameless doors as well. So it gives you that sporty presence. But that 
a, a big deal about that or the, the position of that car is that it offers you all these aspects um, but with, um, with no exhaust emissions. Yeah. So, so you've got the benefit of this sporty car. Uh, and so when trying to... I guess you don't have to try to sell them. They probably sell themselves. But when talking to an owner of um, an existing uh, 4 Series or another another coupe um, with a bit of a sporty style to it, they can jump in that car and get the same feeling they always get but then have made that jump to electric. Essentially, yeah. they don't need to brag about it. They're just doing it. But Can, can I ask, though, is the attraction of drive... like That, that is like a sporty-looking car. The driver for that car, would you expect them to want to hear something? Is that is that is that what you're finding the customers are... I want to hear the thing because that's why they're they're a car fan is they like the sound of it. Mm. Is that are you finding especially especially with that car? Mm. Is that is that something that they're asking about? They do, and that's why BMW Group worked with uh, Hollywood composer Hans Zimmer on the ah. on the sound. So he was involved in designing the soundtracks for BMW's new generation electric cars. So and it's it's different on the so on the i4 on the eDrive 40 you've got a sound on the on the i4 M50 which is the first emissions free BMW M car they've got different soundtracks so just like and when you buy two different you know different quality or classes of of BMW internal combustion engine the exhaust note might be different that's right the literal note of, <laughs> of the electric car yeah, is, hand, is, hand is designed Zimmer. to be different hands by one of the greats Oscar Oscar winning composer I'm thinking is he exactly he is he is <laughs> amazing. So the uh, the sound that comes it was generated from the car. It's designed to evoke a whole heap of emotion, just like a like a conventionally powered M car would yes. be. So the straight six turbo that obviously gives you an amazing roar when you're in the cabin, and also the exhaust noise. But this new these new generation electric cars with the soundtrack gives you a whole different experience. But it's it's befitting of the car, the, what, what the acceleration and, and, and its performance. And because people hear that car, electric cars are quiet, they don't know that when, especially if you, let's say you're an owner of a M2 or something like that, and you're like, I'm going to I'm gonna upgrade, and you think, oh, I'm not going to get electric because I love that sound. When you get in it and you start, you know, putting the foot down, you realise that at different speeds and different acceleration, there is still that feeling. Yes. That's, that's, right, that's yeah. what's critical. Because it happens in, and I think the, the entire industry knows this, because there's other car companies that do the same thing. Um, even in the electric racing series, you know, the form, Formula E, there's, I feel like it's accentuated, um, the, the electric sound in those cars, because when you go to the racetrack, you want to hear the thing whiz by. And so it's a really important part of the, the vehicle, and it's kind of fascinating that you'd go to that Hollywood level to, to build that <laughs> sound. Um, but there's, it's, it's the performance, though. That, that, that's, the, that's the trump card, isn't it? The performance that wins the customer over, and that's what, that's what that delivers. It is, Stephen, but I think you also do need that emotional experience yeah, as well. So yeah. when you are accelerating fast or you're taking a corner quickly, you do need that other aspect to complement it as well. Yeah. So I think that that's where that's been successful in these new models to have that um, pretty amazing soundscape to join the, yeah. the driving experience. And you what what better way of getting that emotion? Eh? Hands in hands in himself. Providing you, the emotion. Bad. You, you talked <laughs> about the, the M badge. Like that's a really that's a big deal. Um, for that to be awarded, really internally. I mean, it's not a, it's it not is. an award, but it's it doesn't just get slapped onto a car, right? So, no. what's the process internally for saying this is this is good enough? This is this does enough um, to spur the emotions, to have the feel, to have the performance. It's a big deal. It is a big deal, especially for M. I mean, it's fifty years old this year. The the M brand. So, yeah, right. happy birthday! Fifty oh. years. Wow. 
Yeah, looking, looking, good, looking good for 50 yards. <laughs> Younger than me, good on you. <laughs> so for a brand like that, that has that tradition uh, yes. in pure performance, I mean, the brand started in motorsport and then transitioned into road cars. So, And all of those have been really focused. They've been track-worthy um, with, a, with a really strong cult following mm. across the world. To your point, it needs to be done in the right way, in an appropriate way for these people who are looking at this sort of car, that if if previously they had an M3 or an M4 mm. and they're looking in life for M50 because they don't want the emissions, that needs yeah. to live up to the badge. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Is the um, uh, the emissions question, do, do people come in, I would think that there'd be people, an M3 or an M4 owner, and we'll talk about this in a bit, there's the kind of generational shift, but that um, that come in for the performance as much as they come in for the for the green credentials too because the performance was a remarkable like i i utterly loved every minute that i was in the i4 it was Same, it yeah. was a brilliant experience mm. uh, they yep. they would it would also create word of mouth wouldn't it the the rave about that in the ownership community would actually transcend the the internal combustion owners absolutely yeah i, I think if you look at i4 uh, and particularly the m50 compared with say the m3 and m4 i mean the, the m3 and m4 can capably do track laps. I mean, you could take that to a track day. Yeah. The i4 M50 not so much because of its uh, its powertrain. It's just, it's a it's electric powertrain. So if you're going to do a lot of laps, then you can't yep. expect to see much battery range uh, at the end of the day. So they have different purposes, but they still have that ethos and that core focus um, yep. right at the heart. So um, to to your question, yeah, there there is you know different levels of interest and I guess inquiry that come out of mm. uh, I guess different sets within that enthusiast community yep. because yes there is a transition going on but we um we do have um, those who are firmly committed to um traditional m cars so those are the straight six they're, they're, they're loving their track days on. yes they do yeah and rightly so our old mate dougie who now lives yeah. in colorado yep loves oh, his yeah M2. he's a beamer man them yeah, too loves takes it out on the track whacks yes. a number on the side i don't know we got that past the wife but should we should talk to him about his if he's switching over Ah, oh, that'd be a good one. Let's have a chat to him. But let's uh, let's change gears. You like that? We'll change oh, gears. I like so, that. Have the uh, the yeah. IX now. Uh, mm. We both had it. We, so what? What Trevor and I did is we we both started with the car, then swapped it midweek. So yeah, we, you know, I didn't want Trevor having the better car. The or the we wanted to share share the share the wealth. The uh, IX though, to me, feels like it's it feels really new, built specifically as an EV. Is that yes, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and it represents a new way of thinking. New styling, new technology, the use of materials in the cabin. I mean, the company, like I said before, is focused on sustainability, so that pervades everything that it does. But if you look at the the way of uh, the execution in the um, the materials used in the cabin, yeah, a lot um, of screens, and lo- a lot, lot of screens, of, yeah. yeah, And it's it's intended. Its design brief was to be a technology flagship, and that's yeah. what it does. So it's got the next generation operating. I felt system. that. I felt that yeah. when I was driving it. Yeah. Yeah, it's tech inside it because it's critical to say that as a, a new platform, and it, I guess car industry people talk about platforms that cars live on. I don't think general owners of cars know what platforms anything's on, um, just in the same way that they don't know what engines are shared between models and all that kind of stuff. But it does make a difference that that you've you've created a vehicle from the ground up that is electric. This is that's right, and the i four amazing car, but it's 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 electrified. In the platform that already existed, which ha- which helps it have the performance and stability and all the ride and handling, but you've built this from the ground up. That's 
that's the the achievement on the IX. It is, and it and you can see that when you guys drove it, you could see in the way that it's been packaged. So you get in, and you can see all that space mm. that's afforded by the fact that it is a, a platform designed for EVs. Yep. So you hop in, you've got that extra accommodation on the floor because there's no transmission tunnel. Yeah. No. So flat floor. Flat floor. That's yeah. right. So the way that that's been designed and executed, it's a sign of things to come. Yep. So it's a it's a pretty exciting future in terms of those bespoke platforms underpinnings for electric vehicles. And I always struggle with the um, categorising of cars, uh, you know, mid-size, small-size, all that kind of stuff, and, and SUV versus everything else. But this is this this speaks to the SUV market, doesn't it? Because it's that it sits higher, it is it is yeah. larger, and so that's been a huge part of the market generally, but also BMW's market for a decade or so now, uh, it's critical for the Australian market that you have a car like that size too that's electrified. Very much so. And if you look at that car, it's the footprint basically of an X5, yeah. but it's the roof line of an X6. So, so you're for uh, an X5 owner, and I, I will say, I was yeah. st- speaking to an X5 owner who works at Channel 9 the other day who is dead keen to go electric because he's currently driving a diesel. Yep. Um, that's, 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 they're, they're the people that are going to be welcomed into the showroom and go, I think you should have a look at this. Yeah. That's the market. People with that size and looking for that kind of accommodation in a car, but are going to be blown away by the additional accommodation that comes from the bespoke platform. They will be, and then and look at the performance they'll get as well. Yeah, I mean, all round performance. We mentioned before about it's not just about acceleration. I mean, yep. this this iX is fantastic around corners as well. It's it's a really dynamic car to drive in yep. all different conditions. Where does it lead us to? Um, because you've talked spoken about models. I mean, I'll talk to us about what's been announced if you want, but. Um, the, the electrification is, is happening. There's new models coming. Where does the IX sit? Is that just the, uh, um, you know, the beacon that, that, that guides the, the next couple of years of fully electrified, um, full-platform vehicles? It is. For now, I think it would be a pretty strong flag bearer for, yep. for what's to come. I mean, later this year, uh, we'll see the i7. So the 7 Series limousine, which for a very long time has been our technology yes. leader, it's been our flagship of the entire range. That will see full electric. Wow. So wow. that's going to be a really interesting car. So when the, when is that going to be? <laughs> late this year. Yours okay. is coming late this year. So really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look. You know, do you know I borrowed a 7 Series BMW from this very dealership for oh. my wedding? You mean you never bought that? Is it not what no. you bought? <laughs> okay. I don't know how I pulled that. but <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you I, got it for a wedding? Yeah, I got it. For, no, I, pulled the, I, I borrowed it for the weekend wow. for my for so my wedding. Not what you Must know. have been something to do with the not, radio station. I was what, working out at the time. Not what but you that's, know. See, that, that is... Um, that's that vehicle that, as a you know, as an owner of a three series back in the day, you always looked at you looked up the range and you go, yeah, seven series. That's you know, that's the ultimate in in BMW luxury. It always had all the greatest technology, right? So, when you go i seven, you start to say to the entire marketplace, we're we're ready and we've got the option. Is that's again we go back to choice. You just continue yeah, to say that's we've right. got this ready exactly. And as part of that new seven series lineup that arrives. In Q4 this year, there'll be next generation powertrains as well. So yeah. you've got new turbo engines alongside fully electric. Wow. Um, so, and the other, other end of the spectrum is um, uh, X1. So the new generation X1 was announced recently. We're going to have the iX1 in Q1 next year. So that's wow. a small SUV. It's yep. a new opportunity for the brand and yep. also customers because not only do we have mid-size SUVs uh, and upper-large limousines, we've now got a new SUV that's yeah, electric. Yeah, yeah. And so how's the iX going? I mean, um, 
you'd get a sense from customers, obviously not just sales, but just in general reception. How's it been received in dealerships? Forgetting what the uh, what the outside world's saying about them. What are the what are the what are the customers saying? Well, it's really interesting when you see people uh, come into the the dealership or talk to us directly. They say, "Wow, it looks so different in 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 the because it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. It, it's presence when you see it um, compared with photos. It's completely different. Yeah. And I think people's expectations and views and slash perceptions are altered because the car has it, it 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 looks so much more futuristic and has much more presence when you actually come across it and sit in it and drive it. Yeah. So people have been blown away by it when they've when they've walked in uh, and and given us their feedback. Not only um, from you know like the look but the touch and feel aspect as well. Yeah. It still has that iconic grill or even though it's not actually a kidney grill, grill yeah. What do you call it? Kidney grill. Uh, yeah. Is, is it it? That would be what, that's what we refer to it as, isn't it? We yeah. do traditionally across the the lineup, but the yeah. those kidneys have changed shapes over the years. <laughs> they have. Well, this kidney is an intelligent. This one's a big panel. one. Yeah, it ah. is. Well, it's okay. got, it's and it can self heal. I was going to well. say, talk about the yeah. self healing. I don't think that's well, right. I certainly didn't get a, a key out and test it. But <laughs> no, glad you didn't. Was tempo. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, with stone chips and and ah. and marks that just come from regular driving, it can be uh, under if you use a, a heat gun, um, you can repair it. So it will actually, wow. yeah, and even at room temperature. Can you have a word to Apple? Because, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, that technology on a phone screen would be remarkable. That would be nice. But that's exa- that's how it works. So you have a, yeah. a, a stone chip and, you know, you take it to the dealer for, a, for its regular uh, maintenance and you yeah. say, listen, can you just, you know, check the grill for me? And they'll just sit there with the heat gun and they'll do their work and it'll right. come back looking brand new. So it's seamless. Well, do you, you can use your head right. Uh, look, I, I'm pretty sure. Hot? I'm pretty sure that they'd, they'd encourage have, you to well, do it to the dealer. We're going to have to test that. <laughs> we're going to have to test that next time, I guess. So, just uh, getting back to the customer, uh, is do you see that every car should? Are you positioning the business as like every customer when they come in? First thing they're going to see is a BMW, not an EV, not a not a, a petrol car, diesel. Is that is that the goal for you guys? It is, Stephen. That every BMW or Mini. Uh, should feel like that. It shouldn't just be a different category, a different car. Even though the ownership experience might shift slightly because of charging or whatnot, the experience we provide, including the you know that pleasure of driving, should remain intact. And that's that'll always be the philosophy because it's really important that uh, our customers can retain that feeling. Do you want to maintain the character of the car? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess you used to walk into a dealer and. You know, you either knew what you wanted, or you were you'd speak to someone about you know how how many cars you do, or what size your family is, and you just get a car that's suited. It sh- it should still be the same, really, and it should just be that oh, you know, a, a, a representative from the dealer might know someone who's way more um, interested in the green credentials of a car than they are in in something else, or they might find someone who's you know big on north to a hundred, or they might find someone that is going to do track days and therefore is going to be taken straight over to you know, a different class of car. That's the whole point, isn't it, about the range? I think you talked earlier about the range or the model lineup. It It is so extensive. It always has been, really. Mm, it has. But it, this is just another string to the extensivity bow, really. It is. Yeah, and that's why a lot of work went into ensuring that dynamics and refinement and all these different aspects that our signature BMW Group traits mm. um, live on. Because if you're going to make a dramatic shift, then you've got to... You, you have to also look after the existing aspects that people like in a brand yeah. and that they they remain loyal to. I, I was thinking about it when we when we were talking about the transition. 
You know, we think about the transition to electric and a lot of the publicity is, you know, setting dates and governments doing things and setting dates. Yep. But in reality, we've got to talk about real people here. Real people, and they might be an executive who are doing a no-voted lease, or it might be a, you know, a husband and wife who've, you know, um, uh, remortgaged the house, and they're they're doing some work with a new car in there, or it might be a, a young couple who have, you know, got a got a lovely little BMW, you know, one series or two series. The point is that at the end of that period, not many people, I'm assuming, come in and just lay out cash for a car, right? Everyone has a time limit on their car. You know, yep. I know Stevens, I know you, you've got a year or so left. Yep. I know how many years are left on mine. People are looking at the next car, and that's the that's the opportunity, isn't it? Is that transition is about your next and theoretically the one after. This is not an overnight process. This is a, you know, a journey for a BMW customer, and you would know them very well. Some of them are probably potentially going to be very loyal for the next ten or twenty years. You're going to take them on that journey, definitely, and that's why we have to ensure the transition to electromobility or the way things look in the future is done thoughtfully and methodically because. Yeah. As much as we put the focus on electromobility and designing these next generation powertrains, we are aware that a lot of people may not see it that way and it may not be totally appropriate to them in the next three to four years. Yeah. So that's why we as a company are doing it in a strategic way because we want to ensure that we are not alienating customers or forgetting about certain customer sets. It's important that we can look after all these different people whilst also complementing that with the whole series of new electric vehicles yeah in in other parts of the world obviously the take-up of evs has been much higher and faster and a lot of that is due to government incentives yeah. and and other do, do you feel that we are lacking in that area do we need that here do you think well i think the, the way i'd answer that Stephen, is i think with the the change in thinking and new i guess approaches to the way that the governments are looking at this now mm. has has improved dramatically even in the past twelve to eighteen months, and I'm pretty excited about what we're seeing now, yeah, uh, and the and the potential for that. So not only from charging infrastructure, but there's there's other uh, measures in place that are, are are seeing EVs as a more appealing prospect. Yeah, but also to so. the affordability, like w- wouldn't a a gov- like a maybe a tax reduction on maybe EVs or some something in that area would that help convert a customer? You think we'd love to see that. Stephen, we're in full support of any sort of government assistance that provides that pathway or, or eases that transition for people because that is a it's a major aspect, as you've said, in in Europe and, and other countries. While we're in that area, where, where does BMW Group Australia sit globally? Because I know talking to other car companies, they struggle with supply because the Australian, I think it's emissions targets, and I am speaking out of my lane a little bit here, but Australian emission targets aren't set so low that. There's kind of no need to, to overwhelm Australia with, with electrification, whereas other countries have set targets and therefore it helps for the car companies to do that. Do we, do we get the, 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 the quantity of electrifi- electrified BMWs that you as an as a arm of, of the global company would like? Is there, is there more demand than supply at the moment? There, for, there is for right Australia? now, there is right now, Trevor, but we, we basically put our hand up for everything that yeah. we can get because we realise that from our, our customers and, w- and what they're telling us is that they would love to see whatever is uh, announced and we do everything we can to, to get yeah. it here because we realise that, like we've, we've, we've said earlier, that there's, the, there's, there's great demand and interest in, in what we're offering yeah. uh, and, and we want to bring in everything that's possible. The, um, the charging, uh, we spoke about the charging network earlier, but uh, as, a, as an owner, um, 
are there are there different incentives around the charging networks? You know, there's different network collaborations that go on. And um, what's the conversation that a that an owner of a you know fully electrified like an i4 or an iX um, gets in terms of that network, or is it just about you know understanding more the home charging than the network charging? Well, we offer a home charging solutions. So we've got our wall box. Which, okay. yeah, which you can actually purchase um, with, okay. with our new models. But we also got a... Used to be, you get headlight protectors, now you get a wall box. You know? <laughs> That's yeah. right, yeah. Option up. So you exactly. can so with the wall box, you install that in your, in your driveway? That's right, your you're in your garage. And, uh, and then plug her in? And does that, right. does that offer you faster than, say, just plugging into a PowerPoint? Like, what's the, it what's does. the speed? Yeah, it does. It, it improves it um, dramatically over okay. just a regular PowerPoint. Uh, and there's also our partnership with uh, ChargeFox. Okay. So oh. it's a five-year partnership. Um, whenever you buy, so for example, an iX3, yep. then you can, for the next five years, you've basically got that free charging. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, yeah so, that's, right. so that's one of the initiatives we are. everywhere, charge box. That's yeah, great. and it's really yeah, expanding yeah. significantly. Yeah, wow. So, and they've also got their ultra rapid chargers. So, if you're out in a regional area and you need to top up quickly, they've got those 350 kilowatt yeah. chargers, which makes you, know, you drive to Goulburn, you drive, yeah. you drive, you, that's right. I've driven electric cars from Sydney to Melbourne a couple of times and the network is there and I think that's again we go back to the myths that's one of the things that yeah. you talk about a car with 600k's range it's like that's I drove from Melbourne to Sydney in an electric car and, and said multiple times I need a brake well before the car did <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta take whether it's where's, a whether it's a comfort brake or on, a food is that a break. McDonald's? Is that what you said? Is that yeah? A it's like oh, is there a charger at the Macca's? Um, and often there is, right? Uh, the, it's yep. it's the same as when when you when you drive with your kids somewhere and you pull up and you pull into a petrol station to fill up. You you go in and you get drinks and you relax and like that mentality is is a critical part of it. And so Absolutely. that partnership with ChargeFox does that. Um, I mean, I think the challenge with with the Charge Fox network and all the networks is they need to grow as rapidly as as EVs do. In fact, they need to grow ahead of it, don't they? And so yeah. you need to work with them to kind of forecast and and understand where the next five and ten years is going to go, so that they're building not just building more locations, but expanding existing locations for on on those highways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the thing is that the demand's only going to get greater. Yeah. Yeah. And so if it's done, and I'm sure it is being done and thought about very methodically and and um, with the you know the greater choice coming in from different manufacturers yep. etc it's just going to be um, it's going to explode in terms of the uh, demand which, um, which could the be the Achilles it's heel the, it's the field of dreams scenario mate if you build, build it, it they, they will come. come correct that's the whole idea around it isn't it um, now every uh, competition's pretty fierce in the in the car market always has been but now uh, it, pretty much every brand has an EV play uh, is the race to electric just the same for you as the in the competitive side there in the motoring market, or how is it more competitive today, or is it the same? Tell it us it is competitive, Stephen, but it cannot ever be at the disadvantage of the customer. So just going back to my point before, it needs to be done methodically and carefully because we want to ensure that there's the choice, but there's also access to next generation technology. So. We complement whatever we're doing with these new models and, and new lineups, but we want to absolutely make sure that everyone's looked after. As yeah. well, so. And how much of that are you counting on as customers with brand loyalty? Is that, that that's a big thing, isn't it, for like a co- company like yourself? It is, and we're we're lucky to have really strong loyalty because yeah. there's there's I mean within the brand you've got like we mentioned before there's the M brand. There are those who will every time there's a new seven series they they're will in. take one. Yeah. They're in so. There's, uh, there's a lot of different aspects uh, and factors to consider, but the the loyalty is is a factor for us, and we you know we 
we're very fortunate to be to in that me, position. To me, that's one of the most exciting parts about, say, for example, the fully electric 7 Series, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd love that's to be a, a fly on the wall making a statement. in those conversations because, you know, obviously, and I'd, I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm assuming there's a there's a customer list at every dealer and the dealers are going, well, we've got these five people who always buy the buy, buy a 7 Series. Get on the phone <laughs> now. Imagine having that conversation go, what are you thinking about electric? Because that's going to be probably some of the most amazing feedback that you'll ever get is from the most loyal, the the set in stone. Because if let's say five for one dealership, five customers guaranteed every every time. You know what? Is it two of them that are going to go? We're going to go in. Um, one of them will go part electrified, and one of them is going to stick with a more efficient turbo. You know, it's it's a really exciting time for every part of the group, from the people that service the cars to the people that sell them to people like you who are you know heading up where it, where it's all going. Yeah, and I'd love to um, sort of delve into that, even if you're just thinking about it independently, like what all these different sectors, like yeah. the different technology, what, and also the segments, like you're saying about 7 Series. I mean, that's the the amount of effort that goes into developing a 7 Series to ensure it's refined yes. and silent. The fact that it's now going to be electric, the way that that'll drive. Yeah. And, you know, the experience it'll provide people is... Going to be amazing, but then the other end of the spectrum, you've got the i four M fifty, which when you accelerate, you've got Hans Zimmer joining you on the. <laughs> Is Hans not involved in the uh, in the i seven? I'm I'm sure he will be. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah. He's he's part of all the development of the um, all the new electric drive sounds. He's got a just, solid deal. Just, we aren't doing movies anymore. Just on the development, though, I, I'm assuming that this has been in development for some years. This isn't something you thought of a few months ago. How long, oh, how long has this been in development? Oh, many years, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's the amount of thought and, uh, I guess, consideration that's gone into all these different aspects. It's it's a it's a multi-multi-year multi, multi, yeah. multi year process. Which is always the way with vehicles, right? People um, often talk about technology like phones changing every year. You know, the iterations of a car take time because they're not just... They don't just, you know, create a new model and throw it out there. It's got to be tested. It's got to be thoroughly engineered and... The critical part about that is it's got to be engineered to meet the standards that a BMW customer expects. Because if you say to old mate who's bought a 7 Series every time for the last seven <laughs> generations of car, and if you say, Thank you, here's, here's the key and you know tap this and here's your digital key because you've got that as well, which, by the way, was my favourite part of the experience in a, in a traditional car to, to do that. Mm. Um, and, and he's in any way disappointed because he has expectations of a BMW. That's why it takes time to create and engineer these products, isn't it? That They have to continue the standard... And this this is the same for any car company, and, and everyone has their their way. That's that's the customers expect. It does, and that's why they do thousands of kilometres in you know, the hottest weather conditions, and then they go to Sweden mm. on um, the ice. That's right. Mm-hmm. So so they're put through torture. So then in the end, it's a it's a better experience on a daily basis for for any, but but particularly with electric because the temperature requirements and the different conditions that you know you need the car to operate in. On a daily basis, yeah, all that changes. So you've got all these other considerations in development too. It's pretty fascinating. The the thing about electrification that I find most fascinating, and I'd love to hear your views on this, is this: is this a case of a rising tide lifts all boats, which is a common phrase in you know in any space. But you know, let's be clear: you, you've got Tesla who've created a, an amazing, I guess, hype around something, and then you've got every other car company i think uh, i can't think of many that don't have uh, either a fully electric or a very electrified model range um it, it really is across the industry now isn't it and so we've got this case where it's it's i think it will actually just very quickly push up from that very low percent number it'll quickly push up won't it it will i think that's a great saying that rising tides 
one with the boats. I think it's spot on, and that's yeah. what we're we're part of the industry. We need to be pushing the industry forward. It's not just about the BMW group. It's about everyone working together to to provide greater choice, to encourage or advocate governments to introduce schemes yes. for charging infrastructure to improve. It's if we can create that momentum, then it's going to be better for everybody, consumers, yeah. the industry overall. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, mate, what are you in the, you know, we've been talking all about EVs and everything else that the company's doing. What's getting you excited? What can we look forward to in the short to medium term? Well, Stephen, there's so many different aspects. I I mean, for me, uh, and I, I think I can speak for the, the company, I think what we've got to come in terms of styling, so the way that cars are being styled because of electric platforms right. and underpinnings, all that's changing. There's in-car technology, you guys We'll be excited about that, I'm sure, because that's your business. Um, but also battery capability. I mean, that's only going to get better, and we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see greater performance. We're going to see um, the materials used in in cabins are, are going to be. I think, for me personally, I, I love seeing more sustainable materials being used. I think that's a fantastic story that you know recycled fishing nets are used in the flooring yeah. of of our cars, for yeah. example. I think yeah. that's just smart, and it yeah. just it just makes sense. So I think the thoughtful way of, of producing and manufacturing, and I mentioned that sustainability is a big part of our, our company's focus, but the execution of these electric cars and future generation models from styling, design, you know, uh, um, battery capability and performance, it's, it's an amazing time. Yeah. I think I think we're all we all just need to strap in and enjoy what's to come. It is a really exciting time for the industry generally, isn't it? Because... Yes. Uh, because of that change, as you said at the very, very start, this is uh, almost the most radical change, the most exciting time since the creation of uh, of the motor vehicle in itself. Because the experience, as we've talked about, you know, the experience of coming and driving a car. Because I, I, we do live in a, in a in a bubble, Steve and I, because we get to do this, we get to play with cool tech, we get to drive interesting cars. The average person listening to us still hasn't driven an electric car, and I think that's. The opportunity number is just so enormous, right? Yep. Because the percentage of people that own them, then you put on top of that the people that have driven one, um, the opportunity is massive um, at the dealership level, let alone just in the hype level when someone brings home a new car and shows their neighbour. Exactly. And that, I think that we mentioned before about that first experience, like when yeah. you first get in one and you may have uh, read about it or seen a, seen a video of one or, or even heard people talk about it, but you actually need to experience it. To, yeah, to, nothing to like fully. experience it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, amazing. And yeah. That, that was what was great for us about driving the iX and and, and yeah. the i four. And I tell you one little thing. It's a simple thing. And again, because I'm a nerd and I'm always looking at the the <laughs> tech, um, I feel like it was years ago that Apple announced this, but it was the first time I'd ever seen it on a car, which was the the dual Apple CarPlay display, where I'm using Apple CarPlay, I'm using Apple Maps, and the Apple Map appeared on the instrument cluster. And I'm like, hang on a minute, what's happening there? I'd heard about it when it was announced, but I'd never seen it implemented. That feels to me, I don't, I don't even know if anyone else is doing it. But that's a big, kind of, you're at the very forefront of that. Is that a really important thing to be, not just developing your own amazing in-car technology, but making sure that you're partnering and working on the stuff that is also out there in the market? Definitely, because we're conscious that people have preferences. They have their way of operating or living. So that needs to be seamless, the way that they, if they get into our car, then they can integrate their own technology and their own needs into that. And if it complements their daily lifestyle or their driving habits, then yep. all the better. 
because some yeah. some of us that like, was good surprised and delighted. I, I, can't, I can't drive a car that doesn't have Apple CarPlay right now. It just it just it bugs me. But you would have owners who live and breathe the iDrive system, and and that's what they've known every model changes. They're not interested in the other stuff. So you've got to have that. Again, comes back to choice. It does. Yeah. It feels like the most common theme of this conversation is choice, which yeah. is essentially what you're offering through the electrification of the of the model range over a very steady and cautious approach, um, a consistent release of, of new models that offer people great efficiency in an internal combustion engine, um, great option in terms of plug-in hybrid. And I believe plug-in hybrid is probably the best new growth area for cars in the next five years before then electrification, full electrification takes over. And you're right. set and ready in every single part of that space. But also... The most important part of that is BMW as a group has for a long time, but I guess now, interestingly, you've got the opportunity to to spruik um, or or convey your credentials in sustainability because you can you can be doing it for a long time, but it doesn't really matter to people when they can't see it. But now we can really tangibly see that sustainability message and model coming through, which is rewarding for everyone at the BMW group, right? It really is, yeah. And and we we mentioned before about the the you know opening the door of an iX, for example, and you can see logo of the olive leaf on the dashboard so that's a that's evident that sustainable materials were used in the manufacturing of that dash even though when you feel it you run your hand over it it feels like a luxury item yeah so yeah to your point you know it's it's a it's an interesting time and there's a real shift in thinking but i think it's a really progressive way of thinking too yeah. looking ahead to the future it's very exciting well, we're, uh, Stephen's all in. I'm getting there. Absolutely. Okay? I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a family. I'm not going back now. No turning <laughs> back imagine now. that. I don't think anyone is. <laughs> yes. I think that's yeah. the critical thing is I don't no think anyone's gone back. backwards. Um, yeah. And that's why that steady pro- progress, that steady step towards uh, an electrified future um, is, is going to happen. It can't be denied. Um, we just need to make sure that everything happens at the right pace with all the other things going on that we've talked about, like charging, government infrastructure, government support. Um, and most importantly, just getting into a dealership like a BMW or any others and just experiencing yeah. that that electrified feeling for the first time. It's um, all in the experience. It's all in the experience. Yeah. Fascinating, Nick. Uh, we really appreciate your time and your support. And um, uh, let's go down and drive a car. No, we've already done that. We've, we've, <laughs> we've already driven I'm the car. Open, I'm open to getting another one to drive. Our, our <laughs> of course you are. I'm open to that. Or so I, I, I7, put me down for no, one. Yeah, no, I'll be here for that too. Don't <laughs> worry I've already that. made a note of that. Yeah, Good on you. Said, Thank you. didn't you. have to Excellent. make a note of mine. Mine's in the system yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is, eh? Um, yeah. uh, our, our thoughts and uh, and experiences with the BMW iX and the BMW i4, you can read at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Nick Raman from the BMW Group, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much, gents. Much appreciated. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.